Welcome to Let the Music Be Your Master. I'm Jordan Harmon, one of the co-hosts. Brandon Arnold. Jason Johnson. And we are here to discuss and to dialogue and perhaps debate, perhaps throw down. (laughs) There's never a debate in my mind. About the best songs of the 1970s. This is part two. This is the the second half of the 70s. It's not quite maybe the best songs, but we're each given our top ten. What we would put put on the disc the album that would we shoot out into space to save the universe to the to the aliens out there that have the technology to save you know everyone to say this is this is proof of intelligent and passionate life this is proof yeah or whatever they would use it for these are the 10 songs (laughs) extraterrestrial anthropologists that find the golden record this is what they're going to find this is what they're going to find and use for good luck finding it it, by the way space is a cold it's a cold place void (laughs) yeah so we're we're, we've gone through early you know 1970s to 74 we didn't have any 74s but we're going to pick up in 1975 with jason's pick for 1975 oh it's mine do you, yeah, am we, I the only one with We the don't 75? have until 77. So we're, well, I'm, this I'm I'm coming out of the gates irritated then because you you both willingly skipped over one of the most I just, important albums of the day. Do you know what I just did? I had to t- I had to pick out of the next my last three songs I had to I had four and I t- I took Cashmere off because It's not Cashmere. Cashmere by Led Zeppelin was the song I had on there from 1975. I took it off because we had already heard two Led Zeppelin, and I just thought I gotta do what I gotta do. This is not a, this is not a Zeppelin pick. Okay, let's hear it. This is Bob Dylan, Tangled Up in Blue. Okay, I had that one on my honorable mention. Um, Dylan, this is like Dylan's return, and people thought he had lost his mojo. Dylan was he made some questionable albums, not questionable meaning that they weren't really up to Dylan's standards, which. When you're really good at something, sustaining greatness is is the most difficult thing to do. So, um, Dylan, speaking from experience, so I've heard. So I've heard. <laughs> no, it's- Dylan um, had been written off, and his his really powerful return is this amazing album, one of his best albums. Uh, it's called Tangled Up in Blue. And the song that I picked from the album, two of my favorite Dylan tracks are on this this album, and they're kind of interesting companion pieces. The the two songs I was choosing between are the self-titled one, Tangled Up in Blue, and then his other one called Shelter from the Storm. And I, within the last week, I've had both of those songs at different times on my list. I ended up going with Tangled Up in Blue. It's it's amazing. It just, it's Dylan again at the peak of his powers after he'd been rot- written off. This is like um, this is like Peyton Manning returning to the Denver Broncos to win a Super Bowl when uh, when critics had had written him off. Is the album actually? Ca- <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good good take. Is the album actually called Blood on the Tracks? Oh my gosh, it is Blood on the Tracks. Boy, I, I, was, I, I was scrolling through all the albums. I messed that one up. It okay. is Blood on the Tracks. But, but the song Tangled it Up is, in Blue. It's Tangled Up in Blue off the album Blood on the Tracks. And you told you referenced earlier in our in our last episode that uh, he was inspired, or at least he said, whether he said it was, was tongue-in-cheek. He was inspired by uh, Joni Mitchell's album Blue. Yeah. So this is the the album is Blood on the Tracks, which is a perfect title for this for for this album. 
because he comes in comes in swinging. This is him like at his at at his e- e- full emotional strength, p- putting everything into his songs. Let's hear it. The sun was shining I was laying in bed Wondering if she'd changed it all If her hair was still red Her folks, they said our lives together Sure was gonna be rough They never did like mama's homemade dress Papa's bank book wasn't big enough And I was standing on the side of the road Rain falling on my shoes Heading out for the east coast Lord knows I paid some dues Getting through this is the one that kind of gets i think most famously referenced on this album Mm -hmm. um on blood on the tracks he it's this one's unique backing band the band um i i i don't recall who he was working with on this but he throughout the 70s he he definitely brought those guys in a ton to do session work with them this one is interesting so he was studying cubism and kind of messing with time in his own narrative so this song simultaneously is is speaking historically and presently he's simultaneously talking about laying there one morning and then telling a historic narrative it's 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 almost difficult to follow the narrative it's a classic dylan abstract love song where you don't really know who to root for mm-hmm. or if if this love should even should even be endorsed um, but that's how how dylan rolls he tells a, an honest fractured story um it's dylan. if nothing else just participating in this podcast is gonna make me dive into dylan yeah. oh good yeah, i was ready for, sure. ready for you to troll me for my dylan no, no. i've never heard this i don't are there any seven? When was Blonde on Blonde? Was that that's seventies? So I might so have not heard any seventies Dylan. Most of it is is worth passing over. Like he had this run where he's got probably three albums, four albums in the early seventies, where there'll be like one or two good individual tracks. But the so whole, it's like Neil Young in the eighties. Very, very Neil Young eighties eighties esque. He was kind of trying to find his new. His yeah, I mean, he way. experimented with different genres and sounds all the time, and so he like Nashville Skyline is his country album. Right. Um, he has his folk album, he has his rock album, and then in the seventies, so, so this one is his fifteenth album. Wow. He put out so many albums, but this is again. So he'd been written off. Like Dylan has lost it. He doesn't have not mm-hmm. have anymore, and he came back. Like, well, you can. We already cheated with Jolene. You can listen to Shelter. For, did you ever see? You remember the beginning, or is it the beginning of the movie Saint Vincent, where Bill Murray's wearing headphones and he's singing? He's singing Shelter for the from the storm, mm-hmm. like in that kind of mm-hmm. famous scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so the companion piece is Tangled Up in Blue. Is kind of this this twisted um, love song describing kind of the frailties of a thing you're tangled up in blue and then shelter from the storm is kind of dylan's view of of heaven it's this really really like sweet moment of somebody providing Mm. a a lost person shelter from the storm Mm -hmm. and so they work together this one i think has more 
classic Dylan ingredients. Uh, Shelter from the Storm is a very traditional, I think it's just him and his guitar, a very traditional, more kind of singer-songwriter yeah. Dylan song. But this this album, Blood on the Tracks, again, like I stand by this, everybody should own a copy of Blood on the Tracks. So I feel similar to Brandon in that that honestly like I'm excited to dive into Dylan more and it, even before this you know my brother my older brother's a big fan and I've talked to another friend that's dove into Dylan in the last few years and and they're just they're just praising Dylan they every time we talk music they're bringing up Bob Dylan and I'm like I need to listen more I was doing a little research on 70s Dylan and the song I came across I didn't make my final cut but it's a it might be just an obscure one but i i heard it through a movie another movie for through i think it was wes anderson's i think royal tenenbaums but it was i think it's an instrumental it's wigwam yeah it's off his self-portrait album and and i don't know if that's one of those albums that was like not as good or something like that but that song it's kind of a weird album i didn't know what that song was he did of himself on the front cover yeah and then wigwam is this freaking cool song it's very cool album. and i had to look it up after i saw the movie and i had no i was like oh this is bob dylan it's amazing it's really cool yeah good stuff but by and large his albums were easy to dismiss because you had to wade through so much weirdness but yeah. then he just came back well, with, are there even vocals on the of his yeah. on that one on that album like, yeah. on, I mean, oh, yeah. on that song or is that song um, just instrumental there's he he doesn't really say he's like da 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 full da, sentences da, da, da. yeah he's just there's no words I don't he, think. like there's vocals yeah. his vocals are on it it's but like he's not, la 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 yeah kind of he's instead not, of words yeah correct it's a cool song all right, so that's our 1975. Do we have a 76 from you, Jason? Because Brandon and I aren't, aren't no, going again until 77. No, but I've got 70, two 77s. Okay, and how many do you have, Brandon? One. one. And I've got one. So let's do... Uh, I'll bet this is another one that w- at least two of us are we'll go. I'll on. go do my 77, and okay. or we'll do Brandon's, and then yours, and then mine, and then yours yeah. again. So Brandon, <laughs> okay. your 77. My 77. Uh, Jordan already had one from this guy. Um... What? Why do I not have it on my? It's not on my playlist. So let me. Maybe, uh, maybe it was so bad the universe intervened and removed <laughs> <No>. it. <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the universe. It's because I already it. knew it so well that I didn't need to put it in <laughs> my it. consideration. It was, like, your, this it was is your only automatically consens- on. consensus top ten. Yeah, you, like for sure. Um, so you left it off. Is it, El- is it Elton John covering the Who's Pinball Wizard? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like you were there. <laughs> it's ABBA covering uh, um, Queen. Let, let's just play this one. There we go. Yeah, I'm glad we have two of Stevie on here. Yeah. Music is a world within itself With a language we all understand With an equal opportunity For all to sing, dance, and clap their hands well, Just because a record has a groove Don't make it in that lyric right there is worth it. Just because a record has a groove doesn't mean it's in the groove. Yeah. I love the chorus too. I love how his he's one of the artists who you can hear him evolving and changing. Like you can hear the decades through him. You yeah, can we hear, gotta hear this riff. 
Okay, is this one of the albums where he played the drums yeah. and the piano and the and the I mean vocals. keyboards, vocals, yeah. bass, Which album is guitar? This? Songs in the Key of Life. It's a great album. Yeah. Stevie Wonder, Sir Duke. Uh, this is just so infectiously joyful. Just the love of life and the love of music. He's tributing Sir Duke Ellington. Mm-hmm. Uh, also references Ella Fitzgerald and Lou Armstrong. And right here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just I love everything about this song. Yeah. The instrument choices, the his voice, the, uh, the beat. And just how talented he is as a musician, as a vocalist, mm-hmm. as a lyricist. Um, got it all. Yeah. He's prolific. And, like, I mean, he was so... He had number one hits in this... I think he had 20 number one hits before he was 20 or something crazy. And most of those we don't even hear as much, you know, like... Yeah, he had a career as a little kid. Yeah, yeah. Little Stevie Wonder. Here right, we go. right. Yeah. Very cool. Anything about Stevie that you want to say, No, it's a great choice. Um, Some of his stuff for me, mid-70s, I don't love as much. But his, when when, when his stuff hits me right, it's like just perfection. What would you say is your favorite song? What's the song of his that got, uh, that was close to making your top ten from the Uh, 70s? Like the classic ones would be Superstition or Higher Ground. He has another one. I can't remember the name of it. Um, I'll look it up. You are the sunshine of my life? No. (laughs) No? Nope. (laughs) That's, Brandon, I love it. You're like, nope, I'm not as good of a person as you can get. (laughs) It's a good song. You know where it would sound great? It would probably be good on the Sound of Music soundtrack. I think it would be a a real nice, a real nice place for that. Um, but yes, musically, he's a genius, and he was so good with like groove, funk, with timing. Mm-hmm. Played all the instruments, mm-hmm. um, and then has, I think he's got to have pretty close to perfect pitch. Yeah. Um, and his voice, he's got such a wide range, and he can sing like those high notes so distinctly yeah like he doesn't lose he doesn't right. lose any any force in his voice when he when he kind of works through right. ranges was he so, born blind uh I, you know, know. I do not know no I, i'm not sure i don't know I, one thing about him if i had like you're kind of offering a critique in terms of you know some of his songs in the mid set i think for him sometimes like i i really like stevie wonder a lot and some of his songs don't quite they're like interesting and totally different but i'm like not seeking them out and it's almost like uh some other artists from the 70s i mentioned elton john like i'm not a huge elton john's fan but i'll hear certain songs and i'm like oh that's amazing but then other songs i'm kind of like that's different or whatever but i'm not really like sometimes it gets a little carnival y you know and i'm not as much of a fan but there but like talking book is yeah. a great album. Signed, sealed, and delivered. That whole album. Yep. That's why I chose the song from that partially because that whole Inner album. Visions, Inner yeah. Visions is great. Um, but yeah, he's he's prolific. He's great. Some I think bo- just, Boogie on Reggae One. That's a great, song. great song. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good pick. All right. We're where are we at? We're seventy-seven, and mm-hmm. we're gonna go with Jason. And then well, I th- is it me or is it you? You, because you've got two. Okay. Um, I'll start with this one then. 77. This was a tough one for me, and I think I've already sensed that this is another person that I like more than at least one of you. Maybe two of you. Good <laughs> <laughs> setup. I this is if, my David Bowie pick. Okay, this are you might be Bowie? mine too. I'm trying to remember. Brandon, are you a Bowie fan? Uh, I 
I could be. This I'm is, not this at the is, I'm, I'm a Bowie fan, but I, I critiqued him by saying, like, I like some of his songs, but then I listen, and, and similarly, I'm like, I haven't gotten into it Yeah, I it thought you much. had both made co- similar comments. Where yeah. I, I love, I stand by Bowie. My 77 I, is Bowie, though. We, we might have It's probably the, same, the song. same one. So he had, Bowie was very chameleonic. Mm-hmm. He could make, and he attempted to make like every every genre. Like good use make, of that word, by the way. Thank you. Chameleonic. I've never heard it, but it fits. It's it's well done. Um, he would so he would make his rock album, his singer songwriter album. He would make his concept album. Um, he made an R and B album. Young Americans is an R and B album. Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust, Fire Mars concept mm-hmm. album. You've got Hunky Dory. You've got his rock album is. Um, the one with the uh, the man who sold the world, mm-hmm. and then he went through this phase in the late seventies where he he recorded three albums that are called the Berlin Trilogy, and he recorded them with Brian Eno, who's mm-hmm. a really really important producer. Um, late seventies, early eighties, kind of is when Eno was hitting his sweet spot, and. The this album, the one I picked, is from it's the title track from the Heroes album, so mm-hmm. it's Heroes by David Bowie. Same same pick for me. And this is the second album of his Berlin trilogy. Yeah, this is the top ten for me. Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll drive them away. We can beat them just for one day. Yeah, it's so good. Do you know the um do you know the story? Like what he was imagining when he wrote it? No, I, I might have heard it, but I can't it's not coming to mind. What is it? That, this comes from the Berlin Trilogy. He was in Berlin for most of it. He wasn't in Berlin for all of the recording of, of the, Ber- the three-album Berlin Trilogy. Um, but he was touring Germany and kind of learning about German history. And so the idea he had in mind when he recorded this was a couple that were in love. One was an East German, one was a West German. And they were split by the Berlin Wall because the Berlin Wall was still up. And so this was like them meeting at the wall. Um, just for one moment, just mm. for one day, we can be heroes. Yeah. And you can hear it with Bowie. Bo, because he was this chameleon, a lot of times Bowie would kind of fall into performance. He was performing the, the genre that he was attempting at the time. And I feel like this is like the most pure, most honest version of his voice. And yeah, the yeah. thing I love about this song is you can hear the desperation, like with each verse, he picks up the desperation in his voice. So by the time you get to the very end, it's not just this innocent claim mm-hmm. from from uh, these lovers that are split by the wall, but it's this desperate plea yeah. to the other person to believe him right. that, w- that we can be heroes in this moment. And right. it's an all-time goosebump song for me. Yeah. Um, it just it does it for me every time. Yeah. So what I would say about this is this is a song that is on current playlists of mine that I. Mm-hmm. That I go through every week, 
Um, I came to this song later. The first time I heard a version of it that I remember was seeing Moulin Rouge and like Baz Luhrmann doing his whole like remaking of all these love songs. This was kind of the anchor of that, and that was a a, a cool set piece in that film. But then I've heard it since then in other ways. Uh, oftentimes with Bowie. I've loved versions of his songs that other people did, you know, and I didn't know until later it was, you know, oh, this is a cover of David Bowie. And so I had this respect for, like, wow, I love that song, like Nirvana's unplugged version of, you know, Man Who Sold the World. Mm -hmm. And then in Life Aquatic, Wes Anderson's movie, all those that Portuguese language that whole soundtrack, soundtrack is Bowie's. It's all songs David Bowie. I saw that guy in concert, by the way, yeah. doing all of that. Yeah, he just came up to yeah. Salt Lake. Yeah. And then, uh, so anyway, this song, I've been listening to this one a lot lately, and I want I wonder if I like this one the best of his for what you said because it's more authentically him. Because I think but that's right, been turn the it barrier. Up right here. You can hear yeah. this is now this is turned it. into a plea. Yeah. <clears throat> this is the part of the song that I know better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's. Was this in Jojo, Jojo Rabbit? Jojo Rabbit. Okay. This is the song at the very yeah. end. Nothing will tear us away. Yeah. Like he is begging yeah. to be believed. This I is, love it. This is the song at the end of the movie where they're dancing and there's no music. Yeah. And then it comes in and it's a German version of David Bowie singing it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Which is even more interesting in the idea of yeah. Jojo Rabbit knowing right. the history of that song. Like right. there's a specific German history to right. the song. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, yeah, I wonder if um, the reason I'm not more into Bowie is, like you said, like th this really appeals to me, mm -hmm. and I know I've I know I've heard it before, but uh, I didn't realize it, it's not what I think of when I think of Bowie. I think because of the performance aspect of him, there seems to be like an emotional distance yeah. Yeah. with most of his work for like, me. Almost like it, it appealed to you more if you were so his age or yeah. you were a kid when that was Here, happening. Here's my hot take for you. Guys. Like, oh, we, it's like he's, it's like he's pretending, you know. Yeah. We, so we we when we hear an artist or see an artist or experience an artist do something if it connects for us then we want them to do that thing again mm -hmm. and Bowie is very unsettled yeah. like always was the modern in my opinion the that's modern, his aesthetic is like is. I'm gonna be so, so not my what opinion, you think the modern version of Bowie is Beck and yeah. like yeah, if yeah, you yeah. try to follow a narrative through Beck's discography every album like you you don't get two Beck albums in a right. row that sound like each other. I he's think that's a, he's a good, always rolling into yeah. something else. And kind of in the same way Beck feels like he's protecting himself. Right. Mm -hmm. it, absolutely. There, there's he's a couple albums it. where he lets it all down, goes yep. full Joni yeah. Mitchell. And then yeah. other times, right, so like the if most you listen to... Joking um, Morning, sea change, sea change, yeah. and then the recent one, Morn, uh, morning phase. Morning phase. Yeah. That's him being a, a vulnerable singer-songwriter. But for the most part, he's putting a costume on and he's going to try to yeah. be this version, like the right. Odele version of Beck or the um, Take Your Pick. But I, I but wonder. That's how, that's how Bowie was, yeah. and so it's hard to just fall in line because. You, you can't find a common narrative from Bowie album to yeah. Bowie album. Each one is a, is almost like pushing away from right. the previous one. And he even, I've heard, I've seen quotes of him where he's like, what do you, you know, of course, like, like what's authentic? Authentic is change. Authentic is like exploring and doing something totally different and go, being uncomfortable. Like he, so that was a purposeful yeah. aesthetic. And I wonder, because Beck, I love Beck, and I've always, when I, at first when you said that, I thought, no, Beck is, you know, he's, yeah, he does different things, but it's all Beck. But 
but I think I'd feel the same way if I was was older and like see saw Bowie and it yes. spoke to me. Whereas when I look back and saw Bowie dressed up as Ziggy Stardust, I just never. It was weird to me and it was out of context, you know. And so I would hear his songs being covered by bands I loved and like. So I, I should I like think, David Bowie. I, you know? I think a couple of things will happen. I think twenty years from now, I think people will look at Beck the same mm-hmm. way they look at Bowie now because Bowie is like a. a an accepted genius right um and i think people will look at beck the same way but it also makes me wonder like if you would have grown up right during the 70s yep you'd probably have a similar relationship to bowie that you do with beck where it's just like well i experienced it at the time right this is this is what it is have you listened to the rest of this album i imagine you have oh yeah it's i wish it was more like this but it's it's different it's not totally like this he was really experimenting during the berlin trilogy yeah he was experimenting a lot with ambient music right and you can really feel the brian eno influence yeah yeah yeah, yeah. eno so eno was a member of roxy music Mm -hmm. and then went out on his own and really kind of pioneered ambient music in Mm -hmm. in a more accessible way and so he was bringing a lot of like synth work and ambient and trance like elements into what bowie was doing and they were a, a real strong creative team but it became this real divergence from what bowie had traditionally done so the the trilogy the berlin trilogy is low heroes and lodger mm-hmm. and you're not going to get like many rock songs in it. heroes right. is a rock song yep um, but you're not going to get that really right basically through those three but like low's an incredible i love low low's a really really unique album it's a cool really cool check listen. that one out yeah but this is a great great pick i had it on my list as well so it's one of the one of the few where we're where people are i think so far it's been what's going on we all had that one yeah and then we we both had All I Want, Joni Mitchell's, mm-hmm. and then we both have Heroes. I think those are the only ones that we've all shared, right? We or may have one more. We'll see. So I've yeah. got another 77. Go for it. Me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that was mine. You t- you, you all right. That was mine. I'm excited for this one, too, to see if it makes people bristle or, or raise their eyebrows at me. Um <laughs> I'll use this one. I'll, I'll share this one, and then I'll give you my, another theory. Okay. Because that's what we need more, that's is more, more, more Jason theory. theories. More um, <laughs> opining. Punk, this is like the beginnings of what I would call post-punk, and which is crazy to think about. 77 it, is mentioned as the year that punk broke. Yeah, so that it is fascinating because punk was a baby still in 77, and already the form was like imploding and people are looking at it going i'm I'm going to deconstruct punk now Mm -hmm. so post-punk really begins in 77 and it runs simultaneous with the the cbg the the kind of the cbgb movement which was this club in new york that was looking to kind of resurrect itself and so they started taking in these really experimental bands and the cbgb bands kind of the ones most well-known are like the Talking Heads, Blondie, Patti Smith, um, the Ramones. Those were the ones that kind of got the biggest out of that CBG, I guess, movement. It was in New York and but it was really important to music because that's where post-punk really, really started as right. it started to deconstruct and kind of push away from what the what punk aesthetic had already begun, which is so weird because punk did break in 77, but then punk still continued like through the 80s. Um, but post-punk is really, I think, a, a, a uniquely important 
subgenre because it sets the table for some of the better alternative bands that come later. You know what? Like I, I would say, Arcade Fire, for example, mm-hmm. is has some debt to pay to the world of post-punk. Yeah. Well, did you hear some Arcade Fire in that in Heroes? I mean, mm-hmm. I hear, I totally well, hear it in there. Well, he so David Bowie helped produce. With them, yeah. yeah, he helped produce and did backing vocals on. Um, Is it Suburbs? Re- no, or Reflector. Reflector. Yeah. yeah, it was on yeah. Reflector. Anyway, right. so this this group was one of the the CBGB bands, and they did not take off as much as some of the other groups mm-hmm. but they put out one really really important album it's a group called television oh, okay and they yeah. have their famous album is an album called marquee moon and this is another one this is like a total music nerd pick yeah. this is this was musicians musicians but if you're familiar with like the beta band from what would mm-hmm. that be like late 90s or whatever mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you can hear kind of all of that as an extension yeah. even the talking heads right um kind of delve out of this so the song i picked is the title track it's called marquee moon off of the marquee moon album Jump up to like the minute 30 mark just to hear the rhythm of the the bass and the drums. And this is like a seven and a half minute long song. Wow. It's right after this. Oh, nice. Yeah. Little mini drum fills. So they like jazz music, but they like punk, the punk aesthetic. Yeah. And so this was kind of their, we're going to yeah. push away from punk. We're going to actually play our music. We're going to play long songs. This whole album yeah. is really important. Um, I think it's similar to, it would probably be a good companion piece yeah. with Raw Power. It's one of those that gets forgotten. Right. Um, but influential. But, but really influential. Like this song, Venus de Milo on this album. Yeah. This whole album is just, a, with, it's a good listen the, the interplay of the bass and the guitar and the drums reminds me of devo which devo came you know we're kind of in that wave of, of post-punk kind of new wave stuff yeah interesting how all the those band like with talking heads and, and devo and this genre move they move away from the distorted guitar mm-hmm. but it still it still has that same energy but it's all clean guitars mm-hmm. so this is perfect this sets me up for my theory. So here's okay. my theory. I'm going to call it the John McClane theory. Not named after the politician. <laughs> named, die named, hard. After die hard. named after Die Hard. So Die Hard comes out in like 88. Mm-hmm. And this was, the 80s was the era of like steroid action movies. You've mm-hmm. got Predator, you've got Total Recall, you've got Conan, you've got Rambo, yeah. you got First Blood 1 and 2, you got yeah. Rocky. And the aesthetic was this bloated, Muscles. steroided guy. They never 
like took on any damage at the end of mm-hmm. Predator. Like Schwarzenegger's worn out, but he could go run a marathon. Right. And then Die Hard comes along, and John McClane is Bruce Willis, and he's this. Look, he just looks yeah. like a normal, a normal guy. guy. Like he looks like a dad. Yeah. He gets the shit beat out yeah. of him. Like yeah. the whole. Oops, sorry. About that. <laughs> like the whole. Like the whole movie. He's walking on broken Christmas ornaments. He is getting the crap beat yeah. out of him. Yeah. But there's still explosions going on. It's still this action movie. So every now and again, John McClane has to come to like save a genre from itself because it's become yeah, so yeah. overproduced, so bloated. And right. I like I look at television and even Iggy and the Stooges. Yeah. And and then the same things happening in the 90s the same way like anthem rock right. was becoming so bloated and so overproduced and you had to have distortion you had to have a co- awesome solo right and these guys came in and they said no you don't need that um we're gonna put our emotion on our sleeve we're mm-hmm. gonna trim it down and this and it still is an action movie like it's still yeah. a rock song it's still a rock yeah. album but we're gonna do it different. I like that the John McClane theory. I yeah. like that. You save it. It's like it's it's something. The form, the genre has been kind of done over and over again, perfected maybe, but also then becoming overly overly done and being sick of it. And you come in and subvert it. But that was what was refreshing about Die Hard. It didn't look like yeah. S- Stallone or Schwarzenegger in anything. Right. And that's what's refreshing about something like this. It's, yeah. It's not that like by the time you listen to Enter the Outdoor by Led Zeppelin. Right. I love all of my love it's a great song but it is so cheesy there are so many layers yeah. of like strings and orchestration John Paul Jones is going nuts you listen to yeah. like their attempt at a country song Hot Dog you're just like this is not yeah. this is so unnecessarily overproduced right. There's there's gotta be a so television came in the clean guitars as you're saying the different like the vocal stylings and they 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 John McClane it up so throw it yeah so go ahead like tear, tear down my no. theory <laughs> I, I think it's a great theory I mean we're, we've talked about these different pendulum shifts before right. you know like I we talked before about the kind of idea of the pretending you know or like or putting on your performer and that's fine that's what you do and then now we're not performing now we're being authentic whether it's your Johnny Cash but then when that happens for a certain amount of time people start to sound, sound pretentious and like it starts to sound like wearing your heart on your sleeve is is a fake you're being phony and so you go it swings back into this kind of we're going to be phony in, on purpose in a cool way we're going to put something on and they eliminated yeah. the steroids it's right. the same action movie without the steroids right right mm-hmm. i like that it's a nuanced way so of looking at that the same pendulum. rock album without the steroids right Oh, good, good call. So I've got a C, CG, CBGB uh, alum uh, for a 1979, but you guys might have a 78. Does anyone have a 78? I don't have a single 78 song, so I'm done until 79. Okay. I've only got one more. I've got fact. 78. Let's hear your 78. Okay. Uh, this is another one. Um, this is the song that beat Earth, Wind, and Fire out of my list. I love mm. Earth, Wind, and yeah. Fire. I, Which I Earth, Wind, and Fire track did you have? My, my favorite of theirs is Serpentine Fire. That's a good one. My favorite is mm. That's the Way of the World. Mm-hmm. But I Both absolutely good. love Earth, Wind, and Fire. They're I'm great. so mad that they're yeah. not on my list. Yeah, yeah so they, they barely got, got bumped by this one. I don't know as much about this artist. Um, this is Gloria Gaynor. Mm. I Will Survive. Mm, yeah. Nice. Um, but I, I switched them because they, they feel like similar genre, like the, the disco kind of mixed with funk a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I, I think this song. Some of us funk lovers take that a little personally. I was going to say, are you we're, okay with this? Are you like, okay with this? People who Jordan? really love funk, they hate disco usually, right? right? And disco's, so, disco's problematic. I'm okay oh. with it now. I'm okay with it now. But I would say, I would take Umbridge with <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire and Gloria Gaynor. Let's put them in the same box. I'd say, no. No. <laughs> but I would say, disc, I, I've come around what, to what's disco. The difference? Disco holds a place. The hi hat? Partially, it's the hi hat. I mean, fu- definitely a lot of the funk bands did their disco stuff. I mean, a lot everyone did their disco song. What is as simple as just like drum machines and synthesizers versus drums and a bass guitar? Like Earth, Wind, and Fire, you've got a synthesizer, but you've got a whole band. Um, what would be it? like an interesting one that kind of walks the line and I think it's partially why they don't get as much funk credit mm-hmm. is like cool in the gang yeah they were way funk in the early 60s and then by the you know yeah. or by the mid mid 60s and 70s and then the disco stuff happened the, the easiest way and they kind of sold out the, the kind so of Gloria Gaynor just straight up disco straight disco yeah the, okay. the, the short version of what's the difference is funk was more black Gross. music and, and disco there, was there, more white were like, females invited to like, funk uh, yeah, I mean, Sly and the Family Stone yeah. had had females in it. Um, yeah, but I've come around to appreciate disco. I've got arguably a disco song on here. I think I have arguably a disco yeah. song as well. It might be the same one. Yeah, but so, but I'm just saying, I'm I'm not opposed to your pick. I'm just saying. Well, let's let's see let's how this it, song it's plays a good out. So, it's a good song. <clears throat> Gloria Gaynor, I will survive. Um, I. I was listening to this last week while I was snowboarding. It came on my, my nice. snowboarding list. <laughs> nice. And it's such a great song to snowboard to. The the groove's all there. But I I really appreciate the lyrics, too, how it's not it's not your typical... It's like opposite of a love song. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's post-breakup song, and it's like standing up to the, uh, the abusive yeah. boyfriend. Right, right. Can we start it over? No. Okay. Then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong And I grew strong And I learned how to get along And so you're back from out of space I just walked in to find you here with that sad look upon your face I should have changed that stupid lock I should have made you leave your key If I'd have known for just one second you'd be back to bother me Oh, now go, walk out the door Yeah, do you know what I hear in this? Another difference, the strings. Dis- well, th- there's that, but disco has more is more of a for like a precursor to techno. Yeah. With that bass, like doom, doom. Yeah. Doom. So as I say, I don't want to start the whole debate over again because we had to cut it out yeah. last time. But it is the difference between the one and the three and the two and the four. Yeah. One. That's the one. kick drum, though. Yeah. Which is usually, but it's so steady. Like in in funk music, it's right. not. It would mix as it up. Pounding yes, when like it that. hits. They mix it up and then they hit those off beats in funk right. music. So you can th- hear this, this leads straight to New Order. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> more, it actually leads more to the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. But I I think disco is important, and I think it's easy to bag on disco, and maybe there's some reasons for that. But I think it's easy to to hate it. But but yeah. By the way, a, speaking of New Order, I did have to cut a Joy Division song off my off your '70s list. '70s. I replaced it with Television. I really wanted to include Disorder by um, Joy Division. But it's a good pick, and I love the empowering element. Like, yeah, yeah I, I think it's a, And how she, like, we talk about when you're playing uh, the Stooges, mm-hmm. their guitars are turned up to 11. I was surprised how um, controlled his voice was. Yeah. yeah. 
like I would expect with a punk band that he would be belting it out. I think her voice is turned up to 11. Yeah. Well, and then I, love, yeah. love her I voice agree. On this her voice is really good. And I think this is really a really important representation of a real cultural moment. I mean, they, they made about an entire movie or movies about just... Like disco. The world yeah. of disco. I mean, Saturday Night Saturday Night Fever existed as a way to yeah. basically make a disco soundtrack. Speaking of... But but yeah. you can connect, I think, like now to what would be like your techno, but also like house music. I think all of that connects back to this. And that yeah. still is having having an important moment. Well, and I think, too, if, we look, if we're talking pendulum shifts and like the John McClane effect... A lot of my favorite stuff from the 70s is that stripped down hard, you know, Joni Mitchell, Cat Stevens, Neil Young, all these singer-songwriters, you know, Roberta Flack, and it's stripped down, and it's serious, it, it's not fun, you know, it, it might be fun in a way, but it's not fun, and so you, you have that for so long, and you have Vietnam War ending, you have so much stuff going on, and then you have this need to, for people to just go have fun, and, and have music that's about dancing, and I think that's where disco's strength is, and you can see, we've talked... When we talked 50s and 60s, the shift, too, was the 50s music was like about, can you dance to this? And you, is there a new dance? Is it the mashed potatoes? Is it the twist? And, and it was about having fun. It wasn't about a serious kind of like Maybe soulful that's the other connection. It, it, it's, the, it's like the art versus entertainment. There's an yeah. artistry to funk. I don't know that there's... I don't know that any disco... It's like performance. It's more about fun. It's but more I, about, I, I want to dance would, and like, have a good time. Nobody would right? describe like the best disco singers as like right. an artist like right. the way you would describe Neil Young as an artist you know right. but, and, yeah. unless Earth, Wind & Fire doesn't count as disco I don't think they do I think they're more funk but they, they definitely like Cool in the Game they veered they into they it they dipped their toe they into did the, the pool well, of disco the Rolling Stones had a they disco song Wonderland. Like every, everyone had a disco yeah. song because it became so popular because I think people wanted to have fun and they just yeah. needed but Earth, Wind & Fire were also like respected session musicians yeah. like even Cool in the Game there's, a, there's an album called um, oh, what's it called? It's by Ramsey Lewis. It's all instrumental, and Cool and the Gang kind of famously did the 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 backing session work on it. And oh, it's I don't it's know just this one. incredible. I've got to listen to it's it. We got to get awesome. back into yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what okay. I'm talking about sidebar I funk blame, disco episode. I blame Jordan. We need to do some more research and do a funk. Maybe we say maybe you cut I'm out Grant. the last twenty minutes and then we just yeah. put that into a. Here's he our so, sidebar. He was funk so polite. Disco. He was so polite though. With and that was our here. funk <laughs> disco episode <laughs> argument. And we'll, which you will never hear. We're gonna do ten volumes of that. <laughs> But if you're right, interested okay. in the directors, 79. Uh, Speaking of, I've got one that is. This is Blondie, 1979. This is a a, a disco song, and somehow for me, the the disco songs that were done, I don't know if I don't think it was done ironic. I think it was people were like, let's do a fun, danceable song. But it was a punk. Oh, by the way, punk band. On, right? I will survive. Where are you at on the cake version of that? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Don't know that I've heard it. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Cake from the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, they did a yeah. version. They covered I Will Survive. Good. I thought it was kind of cool. It was good. Yeah. yeah. So, so Blondie, punk band out of CBGBs. Would you call, you'd say punk band, right? 
it, part of the punk is she didn't make they didn't make punk music but they were but the they were considered was there and they're part of that CBGB part of that movement. scene she's like part of the yeah. family tree of, of at least CBGB's punk music right. but she wasn't making punk but they, music. they didn't come in making disco this this heart of glass was a song heart that, of glass of disco no, heart of glass oh, is. Got it, got I'm it. saying they didn't that's that wasn't they didn't start there right but they were like this is fun let's do let's do this kind of I don't really know the background I don't, don't listen to me I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> it's a song that I like it's a song that I enjoy listening to. It's probably I think there's a part of me that wants to embrace disco, and I've found I can do that through Blondie. This also some of my favorite Arcade Fire songs harken back to this song, yeah. like the Sprawl Two and mm-hmm. others that have this kind of that hi hat disco sound. Um, anyway, Heart of Glass by Blondie, 1970. But what I say on this is like disco with a punk aesthetic, yeah, yeah. which is somehow different, which appeals to us snobs. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I'm actually lukewarm on Blondie in general. Yeah. That bass is pretty nice, though. That's disco right there, right? Mm-hmm. So they they embraced it and went for it and, and I don't know for whatever reason the sound of that appeals to me more than a lot of other disco. But I just came up with another theory. Here's yeah. another hot take for you. I feel like Blondie was the early version of Gwen Stefani. Hmm. She came out of a movement that like appealed mm-hmm. to snobs, and yeah. by virtue of that, she gets she like emeritus. Get she gets emeritus yeah. status for being. I'll do pop. She didn't yeah. make punk music. She made pop music, but right. because she came out of that movement, so no doubt comes out of like this era ska, of yeah. kind of ska and punk. And by virtue of that, Gwen Stefani has like emeritus status in that world. But she's a pop musician yeah. making pop music. Although I would say, don't you think Blondie kept her credibility more than Gwen Stefani? Probably, but that's because it was pre-internet yeah. and and like pre. That was before a human, a yeah. human's goal in entertainment was to make the most massive branding of themselves as they could. Like if Gwen, if Blondie existed, if if her career modeled the same years as Gwen Stefani's, I'll bet the track is more yeah, similar. Maybe so. Because yeah. that's like that's all we do now. We want to turn ourselves into a massive brand. Yeah. And that's what Stefani did. Blondie, Debbie Harry's too old to do that now. For more hot takes, go to jasonjohnson.com. <laughs> There will be there will be T-shirts and mugs. I'm, I'm watching, just taking I'm that. You guys, I'm watching you guys going. What the hell's wrong with this guy? I don't know. It just happens, man. No, it's because you were saying we want to turn ourselves into a massive brand, and so I thought it was a really funny joke to then go with your massive brand. There's T-shirts. There's I'll mugs. Selling, I'll be selling T-shirts. I was just a stupid dad joke. Um, I, but I like Blondie. Here's what the thing I love about Blondie. Blondie was one of my early experiences with music. My oldest sister um, had this small record collection, but in it, the ones I remember, she had Loverboy, she had um, Queen, and she had Blondie. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember that being like the first music that I thought was. I was really young, and I remember listening to it on on LP at the house. Um, 
and I, I really liked it and I still like it. it like I have I have Blondie albums yeah. yeah and I think Debbie Harry's really good I think she's a really good singer really good musician yeah. and they did cool stuff I mean she she tapped into she one thing she should get probably more credit for is being willing to embrace music that did have real kind of cultural implications yeah. attached to it like she stepped hip-hop. into the world mm-hmm. of disco and she stepped into the world of hip-hop right in a kind of a, a unique way that probably very op- early yeah that i think yeah. opened doors for the form right to to kind of come into other other areas that it wouldn't have yeah. broken into as if easily. You, i can't remember that song but if you went back to that song with fab five freddy or whatever yeah. you know if you went back and looked at that you might people might say oh this is so cultural appropriation or this corny but but at the time i think it was not seen that way at no, all i think, I think it, it was, was a, a legit, willing like, yeah i think it was a willing collaboration and the, and helped the the genre it did right yep yeah well that's one of my two 1979s yeah. you have any, any, yep. any thoughts on blondie any hot takes brandon no hot take come on give me something i, I like that song what do you Great think song. about that that groove would that was that the same as i will survive was it different in any way to you uh the the groove feel yeah it feels similar like they both have that mm-hmm. that constant kick drum and the hi hat um, the bass oh. was more present in the blondie song the bass was out in front a little more uh-huh. it sounded like to me but but she's got the more i don't know wispy kind of voice wispy kind of rather yeah. than she's got a really good voice it yeah. was a different yeah gloria gaynor was more powerful voice and uh, i don't i don't know what blondie's singing about right but yeah. it doesn't feel like it it's matters a heart in of that glass. Song. It's a heart that easily gets broken right. because it's made out of glass. Okay. Yeah. All right, next up, 1979. <laughs> Let's hear it. No, I did. Uh, okay. 79. Here's my Neil Young pick. 1979. Yeah. Wow. From wow. from the album Russ Never Sleeps. Interesting. Yeah. This was uh this was Neil's comeback to well, he's always gone gone back and forth. Uh, he'll have a, an album with Crazy Horse, and then he'll have a more country-sounding album, and then he'll get back up with Crazy Horse for Zuma. He'll he'll plug in Old Black and <laughs> power that thing up, and then he'll he'll go off and do Comes a Time. Yeah. Um, so 1979, he came comes out with Rust Never Sleeps, um, Dynamite album. This one he's got like the best of both worlds in it. Side A is all him acoustic uh has some some really um just some some really nice you know softer songs on there um let's let's pull up the album see what's what's on this uh the thrasher ride my llama pocahontas sail away it's a great album yeah and then side b uh, he's joined with Crazy Horse, and they're they're turned up full power. Powder Finger, Welfare Mothers, Sedan Delivery. The, those two songs I don't dig as much. They they're just kind of funny, and I don't get why. <laughs> like he always plays Welfare Mothers in concert. I don't get it. <laughs> 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 so, like those two songs are are strange to me. They're bizarre. But Neil, I'm going to give you credit as that being your hot take because I know how much you love Neil <laughs> yeah. Young. So for you to say I don't get it, there's your hot take. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I mean, when once you get into Neil, there's going to be songs like that. There's like, going to be some head scratchers. Yeah, some head yeah. scratchers, and he's just he's just willing to go for it, and he. I think there has to be for, I, for I great, do, great musicians. I great do artists. like that he enjoys just having a. You can tell they're having a good time playing those songs live. 
Yeah, he, he likes he likes a heavy song that his backup band can sing along in the chorus to, like some kind mm-hmm. of repetitive. I agree with thing. that. I like it. Well, whatever. <laughs> Divorcee. They all sing that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> He's so weird. Uh-huh. I yeah. love it though. <laughs> but uh, my pick from this album, one of his all-time hits. Uh, it starts out the album with my my hey hey parentheses mm-hmm. out of the blue finish that's the acoustic version finishes the album with hey hey, hey, hey my, my my yep parentheses into the black uh, and well, by the way very pink floyd-esque except for the acoustic inverse but to start and finish with oh, the, yeah. the same track they did that on like three albums isn't this where we came in yeah <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me <laughs> i am i mean yeah go ahead um so this one i love the sound of his guitar in this old black and i don't know what amp he's using but it tell just the people has what old black is it's his his uh 1950 whatever gibson guitar that's painted black and, and he's had it since the early days of buffalo springfield he just uh yeah always uses this guitar on those heavy songs and it is a feedback beast like you can get beautiful guitar distinct sound and he gets the most incredible it's got a whammy bar attached to it did he put that on after yeah he had to have and he he cranks the whammy bar like he's basically holding the guitar by the whammy bar shaking it so check out check out this uh this song hey hey my my into the black from neil young This is my favorite pick of yours for for a lot of reasons. But a, this, this is like the deep, art of noise. This, this is, is a deep cut. Yeah. And that that distortion, like unapologetic, that is distortion so cranked to 11. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's discord turned into like music. And it like this you hear grunge coming from this, you hear punk yeah. adopting this. I love it. And I love his his sloppy guitar solos too. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. just like he's like, he's not Jimmy Page. That no. is he can't that do these really a, a intricate melodic stuff. But, but he's still confident and <laughs> yeah. it's still musical. So it's I have a, I do have a nice. funny Neil Young song that proves what an idiot I am and how I've always been a snob. Um, Let, let's get to that in a second. Yeah, sec. yeah. Um, so this song, uh, you you shared a few uh, insights into the the punk uh, genre, and I know that's an important thing especially this late 70s time with sex pistols and the clash and all that but somehow that that stuff hasn't appealed to me as much um not that i've given it a ton of time but just the the straight up punk even the 80s stuff like minor threat um um 
What's the one that Henry Rollins was in? Black Flag. Black Flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of that stuff. It. It just. I, I like the attitude of it. I like the DIY ethic. The let's. We don't know how to play instruments, but let's just get out there and do it. Um, but there isn't enough in there musically for me to keep it sustained. Right, right. I lose interest. Yeah. Uh, it's just just fast power chords to me, and um, but so I think Neil here is taking some of that aesthetic. Like he's a great musician. He's surrounded by great musicians, but every every few albums he's like, I just got to get back with Crazy Horse and just play loud. Just play loud. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it blows my mind that this is the same guy that can do out on the weekend and make right. that harvest album. Yeah. yeah. But he just loves to rock. And yeah. so I think he's capturing that same ethic of, of punk yeah. movement. Um, but also bringing more, I don't know, more slightly more complexity. There's a cool thing though. Like I think it. Th- and, and I like his, his attitude. Like he, he just seems to have more to say. Well, that's what I was going to say. So there's a, there's a, at this point, music starts to become more tribal like I don't I think people musicians look down their nose at the disco guys the punk guys were like definitely distinguishing themselves from the rockers and there was almost like this this competition of like who had the most artistic value in what they were gonna do and young always had this attitude I like I feel like at least that he was going to prove just like I can still show you how to rock like I'm yeah. gonna like I said he really is like a missionary for rock and roll and the way he <laughs> proselytes is by just coming out every few years and reminding you with a new album I can still rock mm-hmm. like I can still preserve rock and roll mm-hmm. as well as anybody else can yeah. and it may be with a sloppy solo or feedback and distortion turned up to 11 but just as a yeah. reminder all you punk guys or whoever else this is kind of how you do it, mm-hmm. right? Freaking cool, and I love the attitude behind it. I feel and like, he does. He always has something to I say. I feel like I've heard that song, but a different version. Is there a different version? Because listening to that, that heavy, heavy distortion, I feel like that's the first time I've heard that. But the lyrics coming in, I'm like, I've heard this song before. So well, here's here's the first track on the album. This is the one you've heard. I need to listen to this album because I'm not recognizing it. So I'm great. It's and I, I like that, like I said with the other one, this album was recorded live. Like he's he toured it before it was recorded, and mm-hmm. so they they record the album mostly just as it was performed right. live, and then did a few overdubs. But like you can tell in his voice on the the electric version that he's just up there on the stage singing into a, a Shure SM58, and it's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great it's a great choice Le- how many songs do you guys have left I've got one I've one. got one left that's they're all 79 yep so I'm gonna go next and I, I here's I'm gonna ask you guys because I've got two songs one of them is a, a surefire pick that people will be like oh yeah great that's great wow that's on there the other one is my curveball that is like I don't know if it's I'm trying to be funny with it or if I <laughs> I really want to know that. So what do you guys want to hear? It's an awesome song. Let's, let's it will shock you. I say curveball. I, I, curve I say throw your curveball. Okay, I'm throwing my curveball. This is, I think, the best slow jam of maybe of all time. And we haven't had a lot of slow it's jams. It's going to be a Yacht Rock This song. is not Barry White, who also had some great late 70s slow jams, right? 
This is Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, wow. Turn off the lights. <laughs> I want you to listen. Do you know this song, Jason? I want it, you to listen to the lyrics. It's coming to mind. If, but... you're, if you're under the age of 18, you might want your parents' consent to listen to Permission. this song. <laughs> or you might want to turn it down. But you all just paid attention. First. <laughs> There's been several firsts. I like it. Yeah. So Teddy Pendergrass, this turn is off Jordan, the lights. This is Jordan's hot take. This is a hot take. Brandon's dying over there. Okay, you got to hear these lyrics. Oh. Yeah, this is... That's a nice chord progression there. Yeah. Turn off the lights. Light a candle. This is just... So, I love R&B smooth. Okay, keep it going. Hold up, hold up, you got to hear... Take a shower. He just went all the way. Listen. Shower together. <laughs> Listen. I wash your body. Wash my body. Wait, listen to this. Hold it. Turn it up. Me down with some hot oils. <laughs> so. That's my curveball. I struck the, you out. The burden of the burden of proof is on you right now to prove to me that that's not a Saturday Night Live skit because right now I'm not certain that that's an actual song that was not this performed completely. Teddy as par- Pendergrass parody. was. Here's the thing, like you asked about. Remember, I will survive. Yeah. Gloria Gaynor. She's yeah. just, just like Blondie's song was more obscure in terms of what she's singing about her disco sound. You don't quite know what it is. This felt but obscure. Too. This song right here, this Teddy Pendergrass. He's telling you exactly. There's no, there's no like innuendo. It's just like let's take a shower. We're gonna have oils involved. Like it's just like. It's like this I is don't a sex waste song. Time getting to know each other, right? You know the deal. Well, this might be his wife, you know, but, but the thing is, it's there's no like nuance, and I love it in this case for some reason, you know, and because uh, it's so just. Did you hear him there? He's, but this there's there's a ton of slow jams that are great in the '70s and then in the '80s and the '90s and Teddy Pendergrass, Teddy P, he was. He was, he's the king to me of the slow jam. I, I want to thank you for this picture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to make use of this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to. You have to. It might lead to just laughter. You know, you might just like get some La- eye rolls. Laughter but you, is it always might, it might the best. Yeah, that's right. Laughter is the best. Laughter is the best. Play. Right, that's right. So, <laughs> so excited <laughs> to hear how this works. No, you're excited to use it. Brandon's yeah, eyes are going to be so big <laughs> with this innocent look on his face. He's not going to say a word. Turn it up, crank it up, and then he's going to be like, hmm? Okay, if you, uh-huh. want to do, if you want to do a slow jam episode, and we'll just mark it as uh, yes. adults only, I've got a lot more knowledge to bring to the table. <laughs> he's like, it's working, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, not yet. How about now? Anything? How about now? <laughs> Anything? I love how he says, uh, I'll wash your body. <laughs> It's so great. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. That was my curveball. It's, Jordan, it's, it's Jordan's secret weapon. The, the, one, the one that didn't make it, that was the one you didn't choose, was uh, Rock With You by Michael Jackson. Oh, my goodness. Did not make the cut because Teddy Pendergrass's song is going to space. Yeah. The aliens need to hear that. Yeah. 
the, the alien. It's, it's to preserve the future yeah. alien. This is with a little post-it note attached to it. Said this should be number one on your bedroom mix. Future aliens. That's right. That finally, this, this is it. Hey, we've got to perpetuate the species. Yeah. We've got well, and, and life finds a way. Bo- both songs are, you know, similar thematically. Yeah. Rock. I want to rock with you all, all night. Imagine yeah. two thousand. A little imagine more clear. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. A space odyssey. When the when the monkey figures out how to use yeah. the tool, if that was playing in the background. We could we maybe Brandy could edit that together. <laughs> Two thousand and one with Teddy Pendergrass instead of <laughs> when the monkey yeah. figures out how to use the tool. Yeah. Okay. Is it me? Yeah. It's you. <clears throat> Top that one. What song did you say you cut? I cut uh, Rock With You. It was between Rock With You and Don't Stop Till You Get Enough from Off yeah, The Wall. Yeah, so, uh, so I went with the same album, <clears throat> Off The Wall, Michael Jackson, 1979. Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Um, so this was the beginning. This was the first song that Michael Jackson wrote by himself. He had been a, a Motown artist um, and then had been performing with the Jackson 5. I can't even talk right now. I'm so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, he'd been performing with the Jackson 5, been performing mostly songs that had been written for him. This was the first song that he wrote by himself. And this was the beginning of, uh, I I believe, a two-album run where he was partnered up with Quincy Jones. Mm -hmm. And that combo put out some of the most monster hits of all time but the the music on him the musicality was really really good um another piece of of half-assed research that is is kind of (laughs) cool if you think about this while you listen to the song so i want to share it before we listen to it um you hear these high percussion um pieces in it that are going on in the background from the very beginning and it turns out that janet Randy and Michael Jackson were playing empty soda bottles. They were hitting the top of empty soda bottles with drumsticks to get that that high percussion sound. So when you listen to it and you hear that high percussion, just know that that's a young Janet and Randy tapping on soda bottles with with drumsticks. (laughs) But Quincy Jones, genius, genius uh, musician and producer. He was a jazz musician that had an incredible ear for production. And so he, he... partnered up with Jackson and helped produce uh, this this album and Off the Wall. Yeah, great producer. Is that what it's called? Off the Wall? Off yeah. the Wall, yeah. And um, they're just incredible. Did either you have, did you have this on yours? No, honorable mention. Okay. Yeah. Actually, my favorite song from this album is Off the Wall. Really? Title track. Yeah. I love but this the, one. There's yeah. tons of great songs. Yeah, Burn this great. disco out. So th- yeah. uh, that's what I was going to say. That's right. That reminded me. When you were talking about disco versus funk, this is a disco song, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. done. This is like the perfect version of a disco song. Yeah, and, and love it's this song. Infectious. You can't listen to it without bouncing your head. Yeah. You know, I was, I was wondering you know, if she could keep on because the force got a lot of power. Okay, hit pause. Hit pause. This is important. The force got a lot of power. So there is a theory, speaking of half-assed research, there is a theory that that lyric is because he had watched Star Wars yeah. and that that is a direct a direct I'm sure, I'm homage sure. to the force. That sounds from totally Michael Jackson from the yeah. Star Wars movies that he had been watching and were, were such a cultural phenomenon. I and mean, he mentions the force a couple mm-hmm, times. Mm-hmm. 
I, I thought he was saying forest. No. Force. <laughs> it's the force. Let's let's hear it again. You know, I was I was wondering uh, if you could keep on because the force has got a lot of power and it makes me feel like a, it. It makes me feel like. A, So there's those soda bottles. And there's the strings that are like big part of disco is strings. Not so much funk, but see this is disco-y, but the bass line is not disco, it's more funk. There's syncopation in the bass line. Well and that and the guitar, the rhythm guitar in the back. Yeah, the the guitar sounds a little more James Brown-y, yeah. Yeah. He went all in with that falsetto voice. It's so good. Just listen for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, this song, to me, this is more funk in terms of just what the drum and bass and guitar is doing than disco. But it's got disco elements in that it's cleaner and it's uh, got the strings and, yeah. and and that kind of stuff and the falsetto. Uh, so it's kind of like pop funk or late funk or something like that. Uh, but I'm but, see, I'm trying to justify why I like this song so much. It's just, well, since it's, I love that's since the, I love funk that's music. The beauty of like great yeah. you know, music. You don't need to music. You don't right? need it just they hit the right. They made something objectively good, even if right. it's with weird ingredients or whatever but this was just incredible and then this was the beginning of him becoming like the biggest artist in the world like a global phenomenon what year was Thriller? 82? infectious I think three years after this yeah yeah so Brandon you had this this guy has mention yeah Uh, it's on mine too yeah, I love especially this. Uh, his voice on this album is just so good to me. The album, the whole- where he can do that super high falsetto and his normal register, yeah. blend it all together. Oh, I love it. You want to know one of my favorite things about this whole album is this is one of the few overlap points where my kids, as little kids, always have loved this album, and this is one of the few albums that. Mm-hmm. I could stand listening to that was equal parts appealing to them yeah. and I think that yep. speaks to the universal appeal of it yeah. but also appealing to me where I didn't feel like I was listening to kid music right. it's an infectious pop music but it's also just the syncopation and everything it's just good, it's yeah. just good. my parents had this album when I was yeah. when I was little and I would listen to it good choice now, now I'm really glad I chose Teddy Pendergrass instead of <laughs> choosing another one because we because we got this we needed yeah. this we got it and and I guess we needed Teddy P as, and as I'm well. really glad you did because it might be the first um, podcast episode that requires the E yeah. for explicit lyrics <laughs> next to it. Because I figured it was going to be me yeah. that, that made <laughs> yeah. us need the E, but I believe well, it's and I don't actually even going know to be if it's for ex- explicit it's, it's content. Not, though, because the, the content's definitely explicit, but it's but at the same time it's not. oil it's, and showers. Yeah. He's not... Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's... It got it's s- just natural. It's a steamy song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. All, right. All right, Brandon. Bring us home. One? What's your last? What's your last song? Yeah, I'm, and then I we got And then we got to do our reward awards, but we got to. Okay. I think I got to. Uh, the this last one of mine, one of my favorite songs of all time, um, "Don't Stop Me Now" by Queen. Mm, okay. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody gets a lot of love yeah. from them. Uh, Queen belongs on this on this record, so I'm glad because yeah. that's one that we've left off at this. And point. that that might. At least 
in our age because wayne's world mm-hmm. bohemian rhapsody they brought that song back and yeah. it's that that's kind of with stairway to me yeah super long song lots of different movements that was on my honorable mention um and there's times when i'm in the mood to listen to that whole thing right. but often if it comes on i'm like eh, not today gotta mm-hmm. skip it um but yeah you gotta you gotta no bohemian rhapsody yeah but this one if it comes on boy i'm listening to the whole thing you listen to it it is infectious it's it's like just like that michael jackson album is to me i love everything about this song tonight i'm gonna have myself a real good time i feel alive a little live and let die vibe at the very beginning of it yeah at least the pattern and freddie mercury another such an iconic voice. Amazing voice. Amazing performer. Uh-huh. Yeah. In ecstasy, so don't stop me. And I like that the rest of the band was game to yeah. do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I want you to sing back and do this. Don't stop me. It's just so fun. Like a tiger defying the laws of gravity. I'm a racing car. So Queen is a band for me that I think I've grown to respect more and more. I, I don't, I still don't seek them out as much as a lot of other people to listen to. Mm-hmm. And but I think a, in the past when people liked them a lot, I would think like uh, I probably would have thought they were overrated. I don't think that anymore, just because of how innovative they were, but also how great performance. They they had great sun- singles, great songs, great albums. Um, but I still don't, I don't think of Queen as like they weren't on my list. I think because I just. They're not my favorite, you know. But yeah, this will be a huge surprise, <clears throat> and I don't know if it's possible for you to hate me more. I'm a Queen, you know. It's a good I, song. I probably am too. It's a good yeah. song. Like I, I really like certain songs of theirs. I've never owned an album, and I've never listened to a whole album of theirs. Straight through. There are people who love Queen. It's almost like musical music to me. I don't know if you feel yeah, that it's, way. It's like, operatic. It's it's, it's kind of like stuff that you could hear on Broadway. It'd be really easy to make musicals out of. But it's really catchy. I think I I had Bohemian Rhapsody on there just because it's so. Bohemian Rhapsody is a brilliant composition, but I'm with you. Like I, I rarely can make it through the whole. You've heard it so much, and every time people do karaoke, they do. I mean, it's just like everywhere. You know, it's. But yeah, Queen. I think Queen belongs to. I mean, I'm glad we're talking about them. They're an important band from the 70s. Okay. All right. So that's it. All of our top tens. Awards now. Awards. In, In the words of a tribe called Quest, we're now on our award tour. We're doing seven. The champion of the seven, or the Let's say most overrated, yeah. most underrated, and then the champion of the seventies. So I already mentioned my overrated. Okay. Pink Floyd. And my, I'm going to say the Who, and part of that might be just lack of education, but it's also just when I mean, even when I heard the song you put on there, I was like, even that song doesn't do it for you. Yeah, didn't do it for me. Uh, for me, I've got two. I'm going to combine them together. One is Kiss. They suck at music, um, <laughs> but they were great at branding. And then yeah. two is the Eagles. For me, I despise mm. the Eagles. My favorite we didn't scene. Even in talk the, about them. My yeah. favorite scene in the Big Lebowski might be when uh, when Jeff Lebowski gets in the uh, the dude gets in the car and the guy's playing the Eagles and he asks him to turn his radio off. He's like, I've had a rough day, man. <laughs> 
I hate the, yeah, the Eagles. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of getting beat oh, up over it, the Eagles felt too easy to me. It's an yeah. easy like, target, but it's they're like kicking someone when they're down. They're, 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 they're giants. The Eagles won. Like they're people, the one. People they, love they won. They yeah. they they had a moment. The like, popularity contest. I can't. They did. I cannot stand Hotel California. But is it, isn't that mm. like uh, saying Hootie and the Blowfish is the the worst. No, I mean, the Eagles. The Eagles was way bigger than Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah, the Eagles were huge. And then, they like, were, they were well in high school when they did their Help Freezes Over tour. Mm-hmm. Like that was a big deal. People were thrilled, mm-hmm. and yeah. they had this whole resurrection of a. No, I could. I I think the Eagles is a good pick for most overrated. Um, and Kiss. I don't know that much about Kiss, but I remember hearing like, "Oh, that's Kiss," and like, but they're dressed like this, and there's and the, everybody like, knows yeah. who they are. Nobody can name a single song no, by they, them. Kiss might be the best <laughs> in terms of overrated. <laughs> Everyone knows who they are. The, the makeup, everything, the branding. You're right. It's just total branding. Because it turns out they weren't that good at music, right? So they had to wear costumes and be really out outlandish in that way. Interesting. Okay, so we got our overrated out of the way. Should we go to underrated? Yeah. And are we? Last time I think we played short clips from the underrated. Because it, I'd say if it's something we haven't heard yet, then let's, let's play something. Do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, let me find it on here. Mine. Uh, I was unaware of this artist before doing the research for this list, so I was. Um, just playing some uh i think it was the google one of the google radio stations for 70s funk music and mm-hmm. uh this song came on and i'd never heard it before i'm like who is this like you know i'm just sitting at the computer doing grading or whatever this song comes on i look it up oh this is awesome and then an hour later another song comes on I'm like who is this it's the same guy fila cootie oh yeah oh, you know yeah. fila cootie Fel- uh i think it's fella yeah from yeah. africa yeah, yeah. Yeah, from Nigeria, I think. Oh, yeah. really? He's really legendary. Good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe he is well known, but I had I'd never heard of him. Never heard these songs. No, I think underrated is accurate for him. It, uh, people in the know, musicians know, know yeah. and but put him he, up there. Like but. you're not hearing people talk about. He doesn't get any reverential treatment. Like on, in Africa, you're, you're not going to hear him on a yeah. classic rock station yeah. like you yeah. will all these yeah. other guys. Yeah. yeah, he's he's definitely he's brilliant. So I I almost included him in even in the top ten just because I was so drawn to it, but. I think it's a I've great choice. So that would be pretentious of me to put a, a song I've never from, heard. Let's hear a clip. Okay, this is "Zombie" by. That's his Bella best. Cudi. That's his like most well-known one. came out in 1976 he was already pretty big deal it sounds like in in africa and maybe in certain niche markets um but he had this whole kind of community compound built up with the studio and where his band would live and it says that because of this this song because it criticized the nigerian government that they raided his his compound and his mom ended up dying because of it they threw her out of out a window and this is um, the stuff that influenced like Paul Simon, Graceland, yeah. the Talking Heads, Remain in Light. This is it's super well, the, good. Super there's important. been a big resurgence in people appreciating his music in the last ten years. I think he died in the last ten years, yeah, right? I think so. But they did like a wasn't there a Broadway 
thing about him and like a play and I don't know. There's been or or musical, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there about him. Um, and he's underrated in our country, but I think over there he's he's legendary. He's yeah. one of their, you know. Yeah, so stars. definitely one that I'm I'm gonna look into more. All right, for my underrated pick, um, I was torn between going Carol King uh, because of her her impact on songwriting and and because I've just loved that album the last few years, been listening to it more and more. But instead, I'm gonna choose Bobby Charles, 1972. Um, he again, uh, singer songwriter guy, kind of blues, folk, country, funk. Tell me you picked Swamp Street Rock. People. I love Street People, but I'm I'm choosing. Uh, uh, I found a good place now. I think I found a good place now. Nice. I must be in a good place now. I must be in a good place now. Must be in a good place now. So I had never heard of this guy until just a couple years ago. And I love this album. And at my heart, I love mellow music more than non-mellow music. And this song just has been staple, a staple in my rotation the last couple years. Uh, but he's, there's other great songs on this album. So check it out if you haven't. Street People's cool. great. Small Town Talk is great. Uh, Tennessee Blues yeah. is great. Street People's are really Save good Me song. Jesus is great. It's good. I like it. Save Me Jesus is his protest song. It's <clears throat> Save Me From, basically, save, save Me From All These Idiots That Are Ruining the World. <laughs> it's great. That's my underrated. Okay, okay. my underrated. I'm going to give you two. I'll only have you play one. One is... I may get some pushback as to them being underrated, but I think they are because I think they're way better than the credit they get. Um, I'm not going to have you play anything by these guys, but the Almond Brothers are one of my favorite all-time mm, bands, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they had their run, Idlewild South, at Fillmore East, possibly the best live album of all time, Eat a Peach, Brothers and Sisters. They put out, and then they're self-titled, which was 69, but they, they had a run before, um, which, who was it that passed? Was it? It was... Greg Allman that passed mm-hmm. away, mm-hmm. but they like they would do you you like two part harmonies. They were doing two part harmonies with their guitars, um, Tiki Pets and and um, Greg Allman, and they were incredible. They they made a new genre of music. Basically, they kind of pioneered southern rock, and they would do gospel stuff like Goodbye Blue Sky, where they're going back and forth with their guitar solos. They were session musicians, so they were brilliant musicians. Um, they ha- like their instrumental in memory of Elizabeth Reed is just incredible. I wanted so bad to include Midnight um, Midnight Rider or or Blue Skies on here, but it just I didn't have space for it. That was the hardest one for me to cut was to not have an Almond Brothers. Mm-hmm. Be- I still yeah. I listen to them all the time. So is is that the one you want to play or is no? It a I'll have you play a different one that I think will serve up as a nice companion piece for Jordan's Teddy Teddy Pendergrass. Nice. Uh, this will be fun. The Meters. Mm. So the Meters and the Almond Brothers are probably they're they're 
two of my top five. Meters are my favorite. Almond Brothers are right in there. Uh, the Meters, their album, Rejuvenation, produced by Alan Toussaint. So I was going to have you play an Alan Toussaint song and pick him as my most overrated, but I thought this will be a fun companion. You said piece. overrated. You meant underrated. Underrated, yeah, yeah. To, to Jordan's Teddy Pendergrass pick. So on their album, Rejuvenation, which is my favorite album by them, because it's their most complete, I think, album musically. Their early stuff is just like two-minute grooves. Like, you just hear mm -hmm. a two-minute groove. Um, but they were so good. They were session musicians, incredibly talented. They have this track on Rejuvenation called Just Kissed My Baby. So this is the <laughs> nuance that Teddy Pendergrass mm -hmm. doesn't have. But it's mm -hmm. just a, it's a cool song in general, just musically. Yeah. like a king because i just kissed my baby a <laughs> little little milder than teddy yeah <laughs> but when i when i talk about like the unpredictability like i'm sitting on edge listening to a song like this going all right what are they going to do next yeah. and you have each part coming in yeah this is them and like the horns at, at coming the, in yeah the yeah. horns coming this is them at the peak of their power like pulling it all together for a great song mm -hmm. great album yeah, you listen. You could listen to this, and then like Saturday Night Fever, and you'd say, "Here's the difference. This is the difference between funk and disco." Yeah. Right, so when I describe that New Orleans funk, so they're out of New Orleans. This is all produced by um, Alan Toussaint, and that syncopated drum. Yeah. Combined with the. This one doesn't have the piano, but like if you listen to people say the, mm -hmm. the combination of piano and drums that you hear in their stuff that's really good, that's Alan Toussaint's um, yeah. influence where he's he's bringing that New Orleans sound, yeah. and it's just it's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very distinct. Super underrated. This probably belongs on here instead of Willie Nelson, but I needed to preserve Outlaw Country in some yeah, capacity. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good choice. Love it. Love it. All right, should we go, champs? Yeah. Who's first? Decade champs. I'll go first on decade champ. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and say um, it's Led Zeppelin, and uh, the uh, the song that was on my list that I took off was Cashmere, and I love Black Dog, and I love a lot of other songs, but Cashmere, I love the uh, the the drum. It's talking about interplay between drums and guitar. And it's how it's kind of a it's a sets up kind of a polyrhythmic thing. Um, I don't know if we want to play a bit of our champ. <clears throat> well, let's hear it's who is do you want my, so that they were my decade champ as well. Yeah, Zeppelin. I think, and there's a lot of great bands in, in the 70s. I, I figured you'd, you were going to choose them, and I was thinking, how could I get under Jason's skin? I can't choose them. And then at the end of the day, I thought, no, they they win. I got to go with the truth. I you don't couldn't have, possibly get under my skin more than you already do. Then I already so. do. 
<laughs> I, I was gonna try, I and I thought, I thought, no. I, had, I actually didn't want. I didn't yeah. want to pick Zeppelin. Yeah. I don't know. The '70s is weird because I don't know. There's not. A, I don't think there's as clear cut decade yeah. champ as there was in the '60s. Like, they were just enormous but right. in the 70s because one and two came out in the 60s so yeah. in the 70s you have three and four both great albums you have houses of the holy great album physical mm-hmm. graffiti so that's four all-time great albums ones. presence i can do without song remains it's still good song remains the same as their live album and then in through the outdoor i really like but it's it's not like the best representation of right. them it's them clearly on their way out but i think they did win the the decade, the 70s starts transitioning mm-hmm. into like anthem rock, guys looking to not just play clubs now, mm-hmm. but fill entire arenas. It's right. like the beginning of arena rock, and that was all That was all Zeppelin. Yep. Yep. What do you say, Ben? Uh, they, were, they were a contender for me, and definitely as far as who I've spent the most time listening to, personally, they, they would win it. Yeah. Um, but I got to go with Stevie Wonder for my mm. decade. Champ. I thought about Stevie, too. I was close. I was um, close on there. Very, very different genres and and attitudes, but both wildly influential in yeah. in their their own spheres. Uh, I got to give it to to Stevie over Zeppelin. Uh, he's got the just as much virtuosity as as Jimmy Page does on the guitar mm-hmm. and the other instruments. Um, great voice. Both him and Robert Plant have great voices. Uh, I just like what uh, Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder sings about more. Yeah, and, and he, has, he had some great, great albums. And I think he's more versatile in the types of genres he can do. Right. Like Led Zeppelin's really great at what about the crunch? things. Which was which was <laughs> that was important to you in the in the be- in the Beatles last week was the the versatility. Like yeah. you start with Science Sealed Delivered in 1970, and you get all the way to through Talking Book and yeah. Songs in the Key of Life and and all these different. You know. Plus, he's I don't know if he started in the 50s, but for sure early 60s. Yeah. Stevie Wonder's going also kept going in the 80s, but yeah. Specifically, seventies. And seventies, seventies was his best it. decade. Seventies yeah. was his best it. decade. And all the stuff that he was doing, experimenting with electronic instruments. Yeah. Like, um, he uh, he was pioneering all this stuff with making his own sounds with. Yeah. Um, not he, not just keyboards, but he the, was my runner-up. Stevie Wonder was right behind Led Zeppelin for me. Want to know my mm. runner-up? Yeah. Album covers. <laughs> <laughs> album covers in the 70s were got the champion. so good they turned into yeah, yeah. art like yeah. every so when I went through my top 10 and every one of my top 10 has an iconic cover I can close my eyes hear the name and visualize the album cover and, see it. and it's like a piece of art I would be happy to put on my wall yeah. right now yeah and and you would know that you have you are you have the extensive album collection and so when you're out there you're seeing all these album covers and oh I love them they're, they're, crate digging. They'd be, iconic album covers really started yeah didn't yeah they? yeah you get it a little so bit. So, what are 16. who are the really quickly? Who are some of the people that we didn't or bands that we didn't talk about that you know maybe just didn't get a mention? We don't have to listen to them, but yeah. I'm thinking oh, Ramones. Okay. Oh, I'm other thinking, honorable mentions. Yes, I'm thinking Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Ramones. Elton John. Um, I'm gonna go Talking Heads. I I don't. Where are you at on Talking Heads, Brandon? Do you like him? I like them. I I don't know them as well. I as love them. Yeah. So I will get them in the eighties. That's why I was yeah. I was going to do Psycho, yeah, yeah, yeah. Psycho Killer, right? Because um, they have two seventies albums. But I'll get them in the eighties. I love. So I'm gonna, I'm going to mention them. There's Parliament Funkadelic. Funkadelic. P-funk. 
go get Maggot Brain. Yeah. I wanted to work Maggot Brain somehow. Yeah. And go get the album Maggot Brain and listen to it start to finish. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Um, the Buzzcocks were really good as mm. far as like I don't know creating. Yeah. yeah, get an album called Singles Going Steady. Yeah because you're going to think it's one thing based on their name and based on kind of their history with punk music mm-hmm. it's a freaking great rock yeah. album um and then the last one i was going to mention was oh curtis mayfield i yeah, want i had yeah. to move on up his album curtis is really mm-hmm. really good yeah so my honorable mentions uh let it be by the beatles mm-hmm that that one killed me to not have Love on it. there, but yep. I, I had it on. I had it. I had to cut it. Had it on. Yeah. Um, Ooh, child, five stair steps, mm-hmm. serpentine fire, earth wind fire, easy, the Commodores. Yeah, such a good song. Uh, uh, another one that Faith No More famously yeah. covered. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Let's stay together. Al Green, feel so good. Chuck Man, Chuck Mangione. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I, I've born to run. Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, there's a lot of great, and I was just thinking bands right now, but I, I have. I have songs on there that were on my honorable mention, but um, there's there's so many great great groups in, that we didn't talk about. Uh, but yeah, I mentioned a few of them, and uh, yeah, I don't know why I didn't think about Bob Marley sooner because he he, I mean, he has so many great songs, and he was influential not just as a yeah songwriter. I was, I was saying before music, I think we started to record that his famous one. That every, like every college student my age had a copy of yeah the the two albums every college student my age had was Legend by Bob mm-hmm. Marley and Sublime's Greatest Hits like that was <laughs> they, I think they administered it to you when you go to college yeah. like Matthews Band <laughs> yeah no no every college student didn't <laughs> have that maybe maybe at BYU <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but Marley's so much more than his great. Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's almost a shame that Marley was reduced to his greatest hits album mm-hmm. because he has a run of like six albums through the seventies. Yeah. Um, Burn in, uh, Natty Dread, Natty, Natty Dread, Exodus, and they're all these start to finish really great, important, albums. beautiful yeah. protest albums. And you know maybe it's because reggae didn't yeah. didn't take off i mean it had a moment but we're not still like listening to reggae yeah. on the radio um and maybe maybe Except that's on part ksrl krc yeah, yeah. So, someone we didn't uh, talk about today on saturday, on saturday. <laughs> someone we didn't talk about today was uh, james brown who we talked about him in yeah, our we, last 60s episode but he had you know the payback he had uh he had uh, i'm black and i'm proud he, he i mean he was very uh, actually that would have been late 60s that one um, but he, he kept doing his thing in the 70s and, and had some, especially early 70s, had some great, great stuff. But yeah, great, great Br- decade. Brandon, for music. sum up the, uh, sum, sum up, up the discussion us. today, sum up Bring the us 70s. Home. Uh, well, I think we've, we've all learned something today. I learned the difference between <laughs> funk and disco. Did, did, did you? Uh, I, I got yeah. four more yeah, hours for you. Is it actually, is it in your brain? Is there a separation between the two? Yeah. Nice. And actually, there there was more of a separation before I was listening to the songs, and then they kind of blend yeah. together while I'm, you know, trying to figure out which one's which. And then right. now, now I'm back. I got you're it. You're back. You're back. <laughs> and I've lost all credibility with our, our with the our funk. funk fans. Well, of our it, listeners. but it's true that Earth, Wind, and Fire did go into and do disco music, and so did Cool and the Gang. And so you know, so that's where yeah, it yeah. gets blurry. Yeah, 70s has a little of everything for you. Yeah. It's got got your sad stuff. It's got your uh got your dance tunes. So mm-hmm. tell me It's got me your hard rocking hits. In three words or less, 
how are you feeling thinking about the 80s the same exercise for the 80s in three words or less how are you feeling about it uh, I'm not as torn about my list of honorable mentions for the 80s. I'll tell you that much. You said not as torn. I was thinking not as fun. <laughs> I just love, I just love, and I'll have fun. There's good 80s songs because I already started and I'm like, oh yeah, I like So you guys are both this. already coming at this as that the 80s is a uh, inferior decade it's to inferior the inferior to me, for sure. It is. Well, and the, the big difference is like most of my picks are, well, maybe not most of them, but quite a few of them were very popular mm-hmm. yeah uh in the 80s almost all my picks are ones that weren't not as popular weren't radio well, hits we all went to junior high and high school in the 90s and we talked about that phenomenon where you, yeah, you think, don't I like the decade before it. and so but you love the decade see i've kind of come around 20 years before i'm looking i'm, look, I'm no, i've come to around too we're gonna, but, some, we're gonna see some say, information society for me <laughs> Pure energy. Wouldn't you say, Duh. Jason? Wouldn't you say that you, the seventies will be dip more difficult for you than the eighties? How did you pick information society? How did you know? How did you know? Did I actually love that song. Did you look? Pure did you song. look at my Google Doc? <laughs> let me let me ask you this: seventies, you is a pref, pref, you prefer the seventies to the eighties? Correct. I'm trying not? to decide if it is the seventies objectively better. I don't know. I think I I need to talk this out with you mm-hmm. for the 80s and maybe there's your teaser for the yeah. the literally ones of people that are listening to this to to come back and see how it goes in the 80s but i think i need to talk through it um before i can conclusively say yeah. that the 70s is in fact uh, objectively a better decade for music yeah. than the 80s i was. don't i don't like any of these songs ironically like all these mm-hmm. ones that I put on there, yeah. even the honorable mentions, I really love these songs. And in the eighties, you're having that battle of do I like this ironically or do I like it because it's actually good? Yeah, right. Or, or you, or just, I'm amused by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because right. uh, what about Teddy Pendergrass? I love it. I'm gonna <laughs> go listen. There's to a lot it. to like about that. <laughs> <laughs> and we are laughing about it, right? So we are amused. We are amused. <laughs> are you not amused? What is that? Uh, All right. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next time. We need we need to have like an out an outro. Until next time, let the music be your master. Mm-hmm.